We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time to talk all things dirty birds. It's Falcons Flyover with John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back within the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening on the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. Hit me up at JMCH316 on the Twitter machine. This, of course, your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Um, Interesting, and we'll get to a whole bunch of audio here in just a couple minutes, but interesting to hear Cordero Patterson today talk about the idea that he wants to run kicks back. And, and, uh, you know, again, maybe a little tongue-in-cheek because he wants to break the kickoff record. I think he's tied right now for the all-time kickoff touchdown record. But... That would be interesting if he wants to run kicks back. I don't have a problem with that. I I like Avery Williams a lot, and I think having Patterson here to sort of mentor Avery Williams, I think that's a good thing. And and now even more is the idea that they're both in the running back room. So, you know, look, that mentorship can be a little bit closer. I think that's one of the other things. Besides besides freeing up a a cornerback position – I think him being in the same running back room with Patterson, I think that's a real benefit as well. I don't have a problem if Patterson wants to run kicks back. Look, this team has to figure out any way it can pick up positive yardage, much better field position. That's That's been an issue for the Falcons. And look, if you look at the better teams in the NFL, one of the things about the better teams in the NFL is where their starting field position is. And... If you look at the analytics and stats and breakdowns and different things like that, the idea of starting at the 30 or better is pretty drastic in the NFL with what your success is as a team. Most of the better, more successful teams start at the 30-yard line or better. That's where their average starting field position is. So it is a big deal. Special teams is still important. I don't care what era we're in that – they don't take hits or this or that to beat by the boot, bop, bop. I don't care. I got no problem with it, but it would be interesting because that frees up Williams to just do punt returns. And again, I know Patterson wants that touchdown. He might be a little bit more aggressive. And I don't care what anybody says. 
I want guys aggressive. I don't want raising my hand and fair catch and everything. I'm sorry, I don't. Special teams, look, Devin Hester won games for the Atlanta Falcons as a special teams player. Won them games as a special teams player. Forget his receiving. He won games for the Falcons as a special teams player. Those guys are hard to find. And I think the Falcons have two good return guys. Obviously, Patterson, one of the great guys of all time. And then Avery Williams, hopefully young, up and coming, and get some things done. So it'll be interesting to see what Patterson, you know, if that's true or if it's a little bit of hyperbole and having some fun so he can set the touchdown record or what have you. Well, um, Julio Jones is signed, signed, sealed, and delivered. And he's playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're going to see Julio Jones. Well, this assuming that he stays on the roster all year long. We're going to see Julio twice. Going to see Julio twice. Look, I'll go ahead and make a prediction for you. Ready? Want a hot take? Day-Day, you want a hot take? I'm ready. Okay. Russell Gage will have a better year than Julio Jones will. <laughs> I can, Honestly, I can see that. I, I, he's Look, love Julio. Love what he did for the Falcons. Yep. But he's at that point in the career where, you know. Randy McMichael and I talked about this years ago when we were still doing weekend shows. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones could be a old 31, and that's what he is. Yes. He's an old 31, 32. Yeah. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's just the beat-up factor and everything of his body. Exactly. What he is at 31, 32 is not a typical 31, 32-year-old. And there is a beat-up factor there. I think Russell Gage will end up with a better year than what Julio Jones will have. So, look, it's just another weapon. I think Gronk will be back. And they can have all the ex-Falcons, right? Tom Swan song. Hey, I'm going out. Let's get everybody we can, right? This is the dream team, right? Everybody wants to come play for Tom, right? Come play with Tom. Gronk's going to be back, by the way. I have no doubt in my mind that, look, Gronk doesn't want to go through camp. He doesn't want to go through training camp. He doesn't want to deal with all that Michigas and all that. Not. He doesn't want to deal with all that stuff. Doesn't want to put on the pads and practice hard. He wants to come in and go catch passes. Fine. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If I'm Todd Bowles, hey, brother, when do you want to come? Oh, then? Cool. Oh, you want to come the week of uh, week one of the NFL season? Cool. See you then. Come on in, brother. Anyway. All right, let's get to some audio. Here's Cordero Patterson talking about how he's pumped to be back and loves Atlanta. It was great, man. You know, coming in for my 10th season. 10th uh, conditioning test passed that. Flying colors. You know, just feel good to be back with these guys out here. Yeah, look, uh, he really wanted to be in Atlanta. And he made it. He, he he tweeted about it, talked about it, even said it today. He loves Atlanta because they figured out how to use him, right? This first time that a coaching staff really figured out how to use him. So, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm glad he's back. They got him for a very good price. Here's Patterson talking about what his workload's going to be. I mean, football is football. I mean, I'm sure you do your work the same each and every day. You know, I, I take my job serious. You know, I do the same thing every year. I mean, but did you change your? There's nothing to change. Program? No diet, any of that. It's, it's the same, man. It's football, man. It's something you do, you love. You don't, you don't, you can't just keep going to changing stuff every year. You know that. That's when you mess up. So I just try to stick to the same thing and just keep doing it, and continue to, you know, and just, just get that in my head. So basically, they don't have to put a clause in his contract to watch film or do this or do that or anything like that. They had to do with 
Kyler Murray, right? By the way, y'all understand that the reason, I, I mean, there's only one reason why a team puts that in your contract. You're not doing it. Right. Right. <laughs> You're like, not doing why, it. Why is it so hard for people to figure it out? Like, they wouldn't put that in there if they didn't have that concern day-day. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they, they honestly wouldn't. There, there, there's no reason. That's why when everybody says, well, they didn't put it in Matt Ryan's. Or, yeah, because those teams don't worry about that. There's obviously something that they've had to worry about Kyler Murray, and you've seen that at times in his performance where he, for as great as he plays, he gets lost in what's going on. And, yep. yes, luckily some of his natural athletic ability can take over, but that doesn't always work, and especially when you get to the playoffs. That stuff doesn't work. It's, Ask Mike Vick. Yeah, I was about to say, you, it's you the can, Mike Vick right, thing. You can only live off your athleticism in the league for so long. You won't be around very long in the league if that's how you go about it. So the reason he's got that in his contract is because they have concerns about it. That obviously has been an issue. Anyway, here's Patterson talking about happy to be a Falcon. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, I, you know, I can't really control what, you know, the contract and situation that is. I mean, of course I wanted to be here at the end of the day. I mean, the whole world knew that, you know, it, it's just a matter of the point, you know, and getting the contract done, you know, and, and I'm thankful, you know, everybody in the organization, you know, they reached out to me and, you know, just that we got it done. I'm here. You know, that, that's all that matters. 153 rushing attempts for 618 yards and six touchdowns to four yards per uh, four yards per carry average. Is that will he be better? Worse? I think that's about right where he is. I think he's going to be about 150 carries. I think around 600 yards, and I think he can find five or six touchdowns in the rushing game. And hopefully, what I'd like to see is the receiving part of his game increase. Can that thing get up to 60 catches, 600-plus yards, six or eight touchdowns? That's where I'd like to see him jump up. If he told me 150 for 606 touchdowns running the football, I'm cool with all that. I'm, I'm good with all of that. All right, here's Chris Lindstrom talking about how the um, O-line is trying to get comfortable with the quarterbacks. Uh, we're really lucky, lucky with those guys. I mean, Dez and Marcus are, you know, I mean – true professionals and they come in every day ready to work and as soon as an offensive lineman as soon as you really hear their cadence and how the mode of operation is with you know how they command things and then we go out there during OTAs and we had however many practices I mean feel super comfortable pretty much after just a couple practices with those guys and so again it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting listen um, did you see the story where Justin Schaefer their rookie Drafted out of Georgia, right? Did you hear where the first guy he went to and talked to was Chris Lindstrom? Now, why did he do that? I thought Hugh Douglas told me that Chris Lindstrom's just another guy, that he's just he's just a you know just another one of the vagabonds on the on that. Nah, man, Lindstrom, oh. he's oh he's oh he's really good. Yeah, he's oh he's okay. The guy. So yeah. because he's got two slugs around, he's not good because he's got two slugs around him. He's good because he's good. Oh yeah, he's okay. Good. Because here's the thing. When you have two slugs around you, you can't dumb your way to not giving up a sack in the league, okay? You can't dumb your way to that kind of stat. You know, you might give up one or two or three, okay? But you can't dumb your way to no sacks given up and two penalties. That's his stats. No sacks, two penalties. Grades out as one of the top 
four or five interior offensive guards, I should say guards in the league, you can't dumb your way to that. That's not because the guys around you are so bad that you look good compared to them. Right? That's It's not because you're the daisy sticking up of the pile of dog crap. Right? You're not the tulip in bloom in the cow fritter. You're good because you're good. And if you don't give up any sacks and only two penalties, that's because you're good at what you do. Whether the slugs around you are good or not is a whole separate story. And by the way, you saw it how many times that Lindstrom went over to help Hennessy, went over to help McGarry. So, with all due respect to my friend of the show, Hugh Douglas, you know, um, Lindstrom's a much better player than people. And we and me and Jarvis were on this bandwagon for years. But that's all right. Listen, not that we pat ourselves on the back and tell you that we've been right, but that's okay. Here's Lindstrom talking about what the offensive line needs to do. Uh, I think first you always want to be accountable uh, to the room, so improving individually and then uh, improving as a unit, coming together as a unit, and then uh, playing to the best of our abilities so we can win as a team. Well, look, um, there is no unit, and that includes the defensive line, that's more important to try to change up the success of the Falcons than than that group. Because I expect the defensive line to be better because you can't be worse. Right? You can't be worse than what the defensive line was. So just by adding people in, things should be a lot better. I mean, th- things on the defensive line, there should be more than 18 sacks just because you're going to run your way into it with some new guys. Here's a Jalen Hawkins talking about uh, Richie Grant. Uh, I expect all my dudes to ball just like him. I expect him to do his thing and uh... – yeah, I expect my boy to do his thing. You know what I'm saying? Look, that's my guys, Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins. I want those two guys to start. I love those guys. I'm excited for them. I hope they get some things figured out this year. That's my two guys, man. Like, I'm I'm, I'm all in on Chris Lindstrom, Jalen Hawkins, and Richie Grant. That's my guys. I know it's not Hughes' guy, Richie or, uh, Lindstrom, but maybe he likes Hawkins and Grant, too. But I'm all in on Grant and, and Hawkins playing in the secondary. I, I Listen, if we can get Hayward, Terrell, Grant, and Hawkins, and you mix in Isaiah Oliver, and those guys can get where we think we, they can get to, I love our secondary's chances. I love the chances that we have in our secondary. One more from uh, Hawkins talking about Marcus Mariota. Very smart, can run, talented, both got great arms throwing dime bags, um, good leaders, you know, Mayota, really very poised, you know what I'm saying, good quarterbacks. That's what I see. Well, look, um, hopefully one of those guys can break through and get something done, whether it's Ritter, whether it's Mariota, I don't really care. Just give me some competent quarterback play. Just help me out. Help develop your wide receivers. Hopefully the offensive line is going to be better and give these guys some time, but We'll see. I mean, that's obviously going to be one of the big questions is, do you get any competent quarterback play or not? All right, when uh, we get back, we're going to talk some Braves baseball with our buddy Chris Willis from Battery Power. As uh, the Braves right now looking pretty good, man. They got a 3-0 lead over Aaron Nola and the Phillies right now. We'll hear from Chris next. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Trekker Show live on this Tuesday evening as the Braves look to Try to bounce back after a couple of losses. Try to get things back on track here in Philadelphia. And a week away from the uh, trade deadline, things moving pretty quickly here. For Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Chris Willis. He, of course, covers the Braves for SB Nation, managing editor at Battery Power SBN. And uh, you can check out his work at batterypower.com and follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Willis. And Chris, as always, man, appreciate it. Um, we seem to kind of get more and more toward crunch time here. And, uh, you know, let's um, going to be interesting to see come first of the month with this Mets series coming up. Yeah, there's a lot of big big games left to be played uh, over the the remaining stretch of the season. So, uh, you know, uh, it seems like it was ages ago we were we were sitting there under 500 uh, in May, and uh, you know, it almost feels like it's it was a different season even. Do you feel like you know with the, the rotating amount of news, you know, whether it's Ian Anderson struggles, it's Duvall's wrist surgery that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. How are you prioritizing moves at the trade deadline at this point? Where 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 do you think that the Braves sort of prioritize now, given sort of where we're at, which has really even changed over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, two weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, they probably wouldn't do much other than add a reliever, maybe a right-handed reliever to the mix. Uh, but now, you know, it's like they've got some pretty glaring needs. Um, I think, uh, you know, for me, I think a lot of people would go with a starter, uh, but I really think they kind of need to add an outfielder. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Eddie Rosario. He's uh, he's played 15 games since coming back from the eye surgery. He's nine for 48. Now, we know how hot he can get. Um, you know, I think what I've seen so far is people uh, talking about him going out and getting a right-handed uh outfielder to replace Adam Duvall, but I'm not so sure they don't need to go out and get somebody that can play pretty much every day uh, if Rosario continues to struggle. So, and then, like you said, uh, you know, the pitching situation, I think they could still use a right-handed reliever out of of the bullpen, but at this point they may have to hope that uh, somebody like Kirby H can fill that role and try to find a starter just to, um, you know, because you've got the concerns with Ian Anderson, of course, and then, you know, you've got Spencer Strider and his innings uh, situation. So, uh, you know, I think there's there's a couple of areas that are, are pretty uh, important. I know they added Cano, but, I mean, if we're being honest, you know, our series cooled off, you know, a good bit. Um, you know, Cano kind of is what he is, and I know you can platoon with those two guys. But, you know, Snicker really didn't have any updates on Ozzy the other day when asked about it. 
Is there any concern about second base? I mean, does that feel like a position that you may just have to limp along until Ozzy gets back because of other pressing needs? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I guess second base would have come up uh, real early in that discussion, but now it kind of feels like it's gotten pushed back to the uh, to the background a little bit. Uh, you know, I think there is concern with, you know, with Ozzy. Uh, I, I think there's always going to be concern until we hear he's going out on a rehab assignment and uh, things are good. But, you know, with the calendar fixing the flip to August, you have to wonder if, uh, you know, if there's any chance he's back. It's probably going to be by, you know, September. And, uh, you know, it doesn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room. I still wouldn't be surprised if they could go out and find a utility guy that could play second, maybe some other in, uh, across the infield. Uh, but you know, it just seems like uh, it seems like there's other other concerns now that are higher up the list. Chris Willis from Battery Power joining us here in the Waitport.com hotlines. We talked some Atlanta Braves with him. Um, you know, Ian Anderson. We just mentioned. You know, I, I know people have talked about the idea of sending him down, but I guess I'm in the camp, Chris, of when a guy's pitched in as many big moments and games and done some of the things that he's done. This to me is where Rick Kranitz and Ian Anderson have to get together and fix some things up here where what is your thought process about should they send Ian Anderson down or should he stay up here um I'm I'm in the same camp as you I, I don't feel like uh, going down solves anything in fact it may make it worse um you know I don't have a whole lot of confidence I think if you send him down then you have to obviously worry about who's going to fill that rotation spot and you were you know we were already talking about Strider's innings innings limit now you're kind of worrying about two spots I think it served the Braves best if if Anderson can fill, figure his uh, struggles out at the at the major league level. Um, you know, I, I, it's been a mess. The whole season's been a mess for him. The strikeouts are down. The walks are up. Um, you know, I think a lot of his issues are are just simply the command has not been there. And uh, you know, and, and opposing hitters are he's getting behind in counts, and opposing hitters are not chasing that uh, changeup the way we've seen it in the past, and they're just waiting on that fastball and teeing off again on it. So. But I, you know, I'm not in one of those. I mean, maybe if he struggles again, you know, if it continues to get worse, then maybe you have to look at that. But I'm not there yet. You know, you mentioned about finding an everyday outfield, and I'm with you. I, I do think they need to find a guy who they could feel like they could plug in every day. And I'm not talking about Soto or somebody like that, but is there any concern about where they are with their minor league system? I mean, they've obviously given up a lot of the people that they thought were top prospects, whether it's Pache, Waters, you know, Longoliers, whatever it is, it feels like that they have moved on from some guys. Is their farm system adequate enough? For, hell, for a reliever, I get. You can, you can hand over a bag of balls to a lot of teams for some of these relievers and stuff. But if you're talking about an everyday starter in the league, you think the Braves' farm system is, is capable of pulling off that kind of a deal right now? Uh, that's a great question, too. Um, you know, and I think I think to do that, you're probably going to be talking about some some starting pitchers that uh, you know a lot of people probably wouldn't want to see moved. You know, guys like uh, Kyle Muller, who's had a good year at Gwinnett. You know, maybe even a guy like Freddie Tarnock or, or Jared Schuster, who just got promoted to Gwinnett. I don't think the Braves really want to do that, but if they're going to go out and get an impact guy that's uh, team controllable, you know, that's controllable beyond the end of the season then, uh, you know, they may not have any choice. You know, that may be the, the type of deal they have to do. You know, if they go out if they go out and look for guys like they did last year that are on the expiring deals, then they could probably have a little bit of wiggle room. But, 
you know, it's not going to be easy uh, to go out and find a guy that you can just pencil in and left field and, and stick in the middle of that order and, and feel good about it. Chris Willis joining us here in the waitport.com hotline, talking some Braves baseball from Battery Power as Braves try to uh, snap their losing streak tonight against the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, it's funny. We talk about innings, you know, with Strider and things like that. But, and again, I, I understand it's a different scenario. You know, Michael Harris is a guy, what, 21 years old, and he is playing every day. And I wonder if there isn't a point where you have to watch about whether or not he's got any kind of a wall. You obviously want this guy ready to go for the playoffs. And I understand his defense and speed aren't going anywhere. But is there any when, – when you talk about an everyday left fielder, should that guy be able to play some center field or, or let Ronnie play a little bit of center field as well to give Harris a day off here or there in the second half? Or is it just, hey, man, you're 21 years old. We're going to run you out there every day till we run you into the ground. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought he was one of the guys that could re really use that uh, all-star break. Uh, he looked a little gassed to me, you know, in that last series before they uh, broke uh, for the break. But, uh, you know, you have to wonder about it. I think if a guy, whoever they go out and get, if he could play center, that's a plus. Um, you know, or if not, I mean, at some point you got to think they, they've got to get Harris just a, a day off here or there. But, you know, pretty much he's just been penciled in there uh, every day uh, going forward. And, and, you know, he's held his own offensively. Uh, I do wonder once we get into August, September, you know, if he's going to be able to keep that up anyway. So I think if you can go out, it's going to be hard to go out and get feel what they need in left field. But if that guy could somehow just uh, give them a little bit of time in center, uh, that's a plus. And, you know, and that's another part of the, the whole losing Adam Duvall, why it hurts. I mean, Duvall wasn't putting up the offensive numbers that we were used to, but, you know, he was a good, solid defensive outfielder that could play all three positions. Chris, I uh, talked about this earlier in my show. You know, they got to get the top of their order cranked up and going. You know, Ronnie in his last 11, 12 games, same thing with Dansby. You know, both guys below 200, low on-base percentages, really low slugging. I mean, they're both in their last 11, 12 games, both below 300 slugging. Uh, Ronnie doesn't have a home run in his last 12 games. Um, you know, look, I – I, I feel like with this lineup, you can get away when an Olsen struggles or a Riley struggles or this, that, and the other because you have so many guys in the middle of that order that can drive and runs. But you don't have a lot of great options for the top of your order, especially with Ozzy out right now. It does feel like this lineup really kind of gets going when Ronnie and Dansby have it cooking at top. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, it feels like, you know, you're just waiting on one of those guys, or, or Ronald in particular, to just break out. You know, he's still hitting the ball hard. Uh, but he's hitting the ball on the ground more than he ever has, and that's uh, you know, and that's hurting him. Um, you know, you feel like it's going to come. You keep pushing him out there, and 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 you're starting to see a little bit of signs. But I, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, at the top of the order, if you could get Cunha and, and Swanson going, uh, it just sets the tables for everybody else. And um, you know, I, I think uh, I think they're just kind of waiting for it to happen uh, as well. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that's watching that feel the same way. How much emphasis do we put on these upcoming Mets series? I mean, it's going to be five in New York starting, I think, August 4th. And then they'll have a, a series, and then they've got four that they're going to play in Truist Park. So you're going to have nine games against the Mets. That's a, that's a big stretch, and especially for two teams fighting for the division. Is it hyperbole to say that this really kind of feels like the you know pendulum swing of how the division's going to be decided through those nine games, or – you still think there's enough on the back end that 
hey, let's just get through it, and there's still going to be time even if the Braves don't do as well against the Mets? Yeah, I think it's um... – I don't. I, I mean, they're important. You know, there's no anytime you're going head up with the the team you're chasing, they're important. Uh, but I don't think it's you know it's one of those situations where you know if we don't we don't win this series or we don't sweep this this series, you know, the season's over. I think they're going to go out and approach it the same way they uh, they pretty much approached every series. They just want to win the series. Um, you know, split uh, split on the road and and win the series at home. And I think they'll be fine. You know, there's still a lot of baseball to, uh, to play. And a lot of division games still remaining with the Phillies as well. So, um, but you know, again, you don't want to go to New York and and lose four of those five or get swept. So, I mean, it is important. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't think I, I'm not expecting them to treat it, um, you know, any different than what we've seen maybe this week in Philadelphia. Last thing for you, Chris. Um, you know, Riley's had a, a you know massive year, and he's now. We're talking about this in the show that he's in the top five now in most betting odds and things like that for for the MVP award. Feels like that this is becoming maybe his team. I mean that that he's one of those guys that, and again we talk about trying to lock up your core. But I know he's got three years of arbitration. But boy, he's getting himself in a position where you got to start thinking about: Do we go ahead and get him locked up early versus you know playing the arbitration game over the next couple of years with him? Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, I think he's shown that last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, if anybody questioned that, uh, you know, he's just a complete hitter, right? And um, I think the Braves need to get him locked up as quick as they can. Honestly, you don't want to mess around, and let him get to, uh, uh, you know, close to free agency because you know we've you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we just saw that play out. So uh, I think it's important. I think. Um, you know, and I'm afraid, you know, you look at a guy like Dansby Swanson who's looking at a big payday too, you know, maybe you have to make a difficult choice there. Uh, but, I mean, I agree with you. I think Riley's uh, tremendously important to this team, not just this year but going forward as well. So, you know, I, I think they, they'd be in their best interest to try to get him locked up as soon as they can. Check out all of his work over at BatteryPower.com. Check him out on Twitter at Chris underscore Willis, and he joined us here on the waitfor.com hotline. As always, Chris, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for spending a few minutes here and uh, see if the Braves can get this thing turned around. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio, not to the game, and the Odyssey.com app. Hey, all the sports, music, news, and podcasts that you want are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. And also reminding you to dive into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rule book with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins, looking at uh, all the uh, secret and not-so-secret guidelines in big league baseball, Gary Sheffield, Larry Bowe, a couple of guests that have been on with the guys. Download Unwritten today on uh, the Odyssey app for free or wherever you get your podcasts from. Chuck, we're here in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game as we're uh, watching some Braves baseball, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, I catch on the go, and social media is at 9 on the game. 
I'm at JMCH316. We'll get to a what's bugging Chuckra here in just a few minutes. So, uh, Brace playing some long ball tonight. Uh, Michael Harris is homered uh, in the game. Uh, Olsen hit a uh, two-run homer off of uh, Aaron Nola. Um, he's been roughed up five innings, five earned runs, six strikeouts, and seven hits, but has given up a couple of home runs. And, again, this ballpark, balls fly out of this ballpark. This Great American ballpark is one of those band boxes. So, Strider right now has been fantastic. Four innings, just one hit, five strikeouts, hasn't walked a guy, 64 pitches thus far. And he's got a 5 nothing lead. So, looking all good right now for uh, Strider and the Braves. Like I said, I was very curious to see what he would look like coming out of the All-Star break and this and the other. Well, he's bounced back in a big way. He looks fantastic out there right now. Right now so, um no reason to think he won't get the win. No reason to think Braves won't win tonight and he won't get the win unless the bullpen just blows this thing up. So 5 nothing right now. We're in the bottom of the fifth with one out, and uh, Strider has just been rolling right along. Just uh, the one hit, again, that's by Baum, who uh, <clears throat> had the one hit against him, and that's been it. Other than that, he's got you know five strikeouts to go along with it. So all good stuff at the, uh, the ballpark. So hopefully the Braves snap this little mini tiny baby step two-game losing streak, but still – because uh, the Mets are up right now, by the way, if you're not um, uh, you're not checking things out. Uh, Mets are up 5-2 to two in the uh, top of the fourth inning. So Mets are taking care of their business against the, uh, you know, what's been maybe the best team in baseball so far in the first half of the season, or at least up to this point in the season, the New York Yankees. So they, uh, they're beating the Yankees right now 5-2. to two. And we talked about this top of the show. Tomorrow, DeGrom is supposed to make a start in the minors and it's believed that as long as everything is healthy and he feels okay, it's believed that he's going to make his next start for the Mets. <laughs> and that'll be his last minor league rehab start, and he's going to start with the Mets, which will put him pretty much right in line to, you know, take a start for the against the Atlanta Braves. So, you know, no better way for him to come back and debut, right, than if you're a Mets fan, you want him going against the, the Braves and going against the Bets, uh, best. Excuse me. So we'll see what that, uh, what that all looks like. So, Strider right now rolling right along. Braves are are cooking right along and everything uh, good in uh, in Braves country right now. If you missed our interview earlier tonight with uh, Vince Russo, we're going to replay that again coming up at uh, at nine forty for you. So uh, good stuff there from uh, the former head of uh, creative and and um, the head writer, I guess I should say, not creative, but the head writer for WWE back uh, during the uh, the Attitude uh, Era days uh, out there. So. Uh, anyway, good stuff uh, there right now. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get to a what's bugging Chuckery though. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for what's bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So, New Carolina Panthers quarterback Matt Corral, who was drafted by the Panthers this year, obviously was uh, speaking at training camp uh, today. And, you know, obviously they drafted him. They brought in Baker Mayfield, right? Still have Sam Darnold, right? So, you know, there's a bit of a quarterback competition. With all due respect, it's not like any of those guys have established themselves that they're so good that it's not like Aaron Rodgers walking into camp. You see Aaron Rodgers walking into camp today, by the way? He looked like Nick Cage in, uh, in Con Air. He had the... Uh, the white tank top, white white tank top on. He's got the long yeah. kind of hair and all that. I mean, he looked like Nicolas Cage. He really did. Yeah, with the jeans and everything. <laughs> so Matt Corral speaking at training camp today 
And this was a weird statement saying, quote, um, he may have chosen a different path in college if he had to do it over again. Quote, I took the easy way out because I felt I could play right away. Knowing what I know now and trusting my work ethic, I would have gone to a place that would have made me compete. Hmm. Now, Matt Corral initially was going to go to Southern Cal, and then he switched over to Florida before ultimately opting to Old Miss. And, you know, again, quote, there's definitely a lot to learn. I know this is a process. It's all about longevity of getting a job. I'm in a rush, but I'm not if that makes sense out there. But, again, the comment about playing at Old Miss, and people kind of took it as, you know, if he had to do it over again, he wouldn't play at Old Miss. I, I don't think that's exactly what he said, but I'm confused about what exactly he means by all of this. Like, you won the job at Old Miss. Yeah, you got benched, but then you won the job at Old Miss, and you had one of the great years. And I'm, it's like Ricky Bobby. I'm confused what to do with my hands right now. I'm not sure really what to take out of him thinking that he may not have should have gone to Old Miss because he should have competed or what have you. Okay, what would have been different if he'd have gone somewhere to compete? I guess I'm I guess I'm having trouble. And maybe this is the goofiness of rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm having trouble kind of understanding what exactly he's talking about. Maybe because he's going to be in a comp quarterback competition here that, that you know, he's not thinking that, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit behind Mayfield and Darnold or whatever. Okay. Okay. Matt Rule said I won competition, the best player will play. Okay. All right. I mean, maybe the reason he didn't have competition at, at Old Miss is because nobody thought they'd beat out Matt Corral. Maybe that's why he didn't have competition there. And, and I, again, there's always competition in the SEC at quarterback. I, again, I don't really understand what the point of him bringing this up and having to do it other than he wanted his Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands moment. Because, okay, was it really the easy way out to go to Ole Miss? You know, you have to still be a pretty good quarterback to play in the SEC. They'd had a couple of good quarterbacks. Remember, they brought in Shea Patterson, who was a five-star recruit. They had Bo Wallace, right, to, you know, let him to the Peach Bowl here in Atlanta. By the way, that was a great media event uh, at the College Football Hall of Fame that night of the, the, the couple nights before the Peach Bowl, watching Georgia and Louisville playing the Belk Bowl and eating and drinking and having a good time. But anyway, that's a separate story for another day. Um, but, I, again, I don't really understand what his point was. Is Matt Corral just kind of aloof? You know, is he kind of, you know, whacked out or something like that? Because, yeah, I mean, you still have competition in college. You, I, I don't know, would, would things have been different if he'd have gone to Florida or Southern Cal? Probably would have played for programs that would be better. And, yeah, there's competition there, but there is competition at Ole Miss. It's not like you just get handed the job and say, oh, yeah, just because we recruited you means that, that you get it. No, you got to win the job. So, I don't know. Is he going to be the quarterback in Carolina? No. No, Baker's going to be the quarterback in Carolina. Uh, with all due respect, if he can't beat out Sam Darnold, I don't know, you know, Baker's time in the NFL is going to come to a very abrupt end. But they didn't trade and they didn't pick up salary on Baker Mayfield to just sit him. 
and to watch him play behind Sam Darnold. I get what Matt Rule is saying, competition, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. We, we understand all of that. But you also didn't trade for – if you were so confident in Sam Darnold, you wouldn't have traded for Baker Mayfield. And can I tell you, Baker Mayfield really has no desire to sit and be a backup quarterback. He could have done that this year. He could have sat and been a backup quarterback this year in Cleveland if that's what his goal was. In fact, he could have played in Cleveland because depending on what Watson's suspension is going to be, whenever that's going to come down. When's that going to come down, by the way? When are we going to get Watson's suspension out of all of this? But anyway, if he wanted to be a backup quarterback, he would have done that in Cleveland. So he wants to play. So, again, uh, maybe Matt Corral is just kind of aloof. I was talking to Stephen Gagliano uh, a little bit about this because he went to Old Miss and he couldn't figure out what the point of what Matt Corral is trying to say is. I don't know. Uh, it seems like it, it seems like it worked out for Matt Corral because, you know, he got drafted in the NFL. He had a good SEC career. He was a really good quarterback. He got the right offensive-minded guy to coach him in Lane Kiffin. He had success. They won some games. He got drafted. He was looked at as being one of the higher, you know, potential draft picks for quarterbacks. Okay. I'm not sure that going someplace other than Old Miss would have would have maybe changed his history, but you know, again, who knows? I I can't figure any of these things out, and that's what's bugging Chuckery. All right, Braves uh, still hanging on uh, one uh, or sorry, five nothing uh, here as we're uh, in the sixth uh, inning now. Uh, Strider through five innings, two hits. Um, he's a bum now because he gave up a second hit, but no, five innings, two hits, no walks, five strikeouts, only seventy-one pitches through five innings. I'd love to see him go get two more innings. I'd love to see him go get through seven innings and, you know, take care of business and, and wrap this thing up. You got plenty of runs, you know, not like you, not like you need to, you know, add more runs. We'll take more runs, but it's not like you need to add more runs. You got a five, nothing lead. So, you know, and Philly's bats have not done much of anything against him. So would like to see him maybe get, like to see him maybe get two more innings out of this thing and to get himself through seven innings, 71 pitches, out of all that. And again, this is going to be, you know, trade deadline is going to be interesting first off. You know, we just got done talking to Chris Willis, and, you know, he's like me. I think you need to find an everyday outfielder. I think you need to find a guy who can play outfield every day. But I also wonder at the same time, do the Braves have enough capital through their minor league system to go out and get a player that's an everyday outfielder? And, and again, if you're talking about a guy who's an everyday outfielder, Again, I like the idea of bringing in a Jock Peterson. If the Giants want to move on from a Jock Peterson, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of of him coming in here and he can play some left field for you and this and the other. He can play some right if you want to give Ronnie a night off or whatever. I like that idea. I don't know if the Giants want to get rid of him, though. You know, But he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And again, how much do you start giving up? How much do you give up for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year? So, you know, the Mets are looking hard for an outfielder. They're going to give up whatever assets they need to. I mean, again, I don't think Juan Soto is going to get traded. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think if the Nationals are smart, they'll wait to the offseason and really heavily evaluate all of their options that are available to them, right? Weigh all their options that are available and see what's out there in the marketplace. Don't get in a rush. Don't get in a hurry. But they're looking hard for at least an everyday an, an everyday starting outfielder, whoever that is, Trey Mancini or whoever that's out there. So your your team, the team in your division that you're fighting right now, they're looking for the exact same piece. Now, they're looking for bullpen help and all this, that, and the other as well, but they want another bat in their lineup. 
they've been severely, you know, in a power outage really for about the last month or so here. Braves have lapped them as far as home runs and things goes, but they've been in more of a power outage of late. They are trying to find another guy to come in and be an everyday bat that can give them some real offensive help. So you're competing with the Mets for probably the same spot, same type of position. Who can win out? Who's got more to give up in this than the other? So that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I don't know what Philly's going to do at the at the uh, trade deadline. At this point, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, are they looking for another starter? Are they trying to find another starter to go with some of the guys that they have? So you know, they may be buyers as well at the trade deadline here. At, at least, if nothing else, they're trying to get themselves into a wild card position. You know, where the Mets are trying to win a division. Phillies are at least trying to get into a wild card position. Phil- Mets are not, or Phillies, I should say, they're not going to win the division. They're nine back or whatever, and you got two hot teams in front of you. So they're they're not. That ain't happening. They ain't they ain't they ain't jumping ahead of uh, of both of those teams to go win the division out there. So are they buyers? Are they sellers? You know, they're a handful of games over five hundred themselves, right? Right now they're they're sitting at uh, four games over five hundred. They think they can be a wild card team. They can at least stay in that thing. So maybe they're buyers as well. But it will be interesting to see where the Braves prioritize. You know, Strider pitching well tonight makes me think that, okay, we don't really have to worry too much about a starter. If Strider's got some things figured out, good to go. He's he's looking good. You know, Anderson, if he can figure out some things up here, and I think you have to fix them up here, okay. I think I'm okay if the Braves don't go get themselves another starting pitcher. I think you got enough guys between what you have now and and throwing a guy up from the minors if you need to. I think you have enough starting pitching. You can get through all of this. Your top three is locked and loaded and set and ready to go. And Strider looks like, you know, he's he's going to be fine. It's just more a matter of what Strider is, how far and how deep can he go? How deep can he go as a starter this season? Not so much about his quality. It's going to be his quantity of innings and starts and things like that if they start to slow him down. Maybe they slow him down once the rosters expand. You get into September, maybe they slow him down with the roster expansion and bring up a young pitcher or two and let them just kind of take some things. And as soon as I say that, Strider gives up a, a home run to Kyle Schwarber. So Schwarber's had a monster year for Philadelphia. He's had a, a big, big-time year. What's he had, about 30 homers right now himself? So anyway, 5-1 to one right now. Braves still 31st. in control of this thing, but let's see if maybe they can get, um, you know, maybe at least – Certainly they'll get six, but maybe seven innings out of Strider here tonight. All right, when we get back from the uh, top of the uh, hour, talk about uh, the Falcons training camp. It opened up today. Some thoughts about that as we get ready for a new Falcons season. Chuck in the Kia Studios. Sports right now, the game, Odyssey.com app. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.